You are listening to The Mark Milton Show with Smash. Hosted by former Department of Justice Tax Division Attorney Mark Milton, the STL tax lawyer. Here's Mark Milton. I should have been a cowboy. I should have learned to rope and ride. I'd be wearing my six shoes. All right, yeehaw. You're listening to The Mark Milton Show with the Smash, broadcasting from the Miller Furniture Studios at STL Tax Lawyer Headquarters. Uh, very honored this week. We don't have Sally here. We don't have Smash here. We're uh, I'm running the board here, Jay, all by myself. We got Jay Randolph Jr. on the phone lines. Welcome to the Mark Milton Show. How are you, 21 Jump Street? Everything uh, going all right? Yeah, it's going great. Are you impressed with my production uh, capabilities here? Well, I mean, if things go wrong in the tax game, you got a gig. I, I mean, mean, it's it's pretty good. <laughs> Uh, 21 Jump Street, a reference to my handicap and performance in the TMA Fan Page Club Championship. I believe that was 2019 where I went out and yes, shot sir. 79, um, which, you know, had an asterisk. Jay, as you know, in match play golf, you really can't – you just can't keep score. I mean, it really doesn't – Not legitimately. I mean, when people are giving you 15-footers because they're out of the hole and you're going, yeah, okay, that's a four – you know, I mean, you might have three putted. I, I, I hear you. I just poke fun at my tax man. Uh, uh, you, you're, you're straight up on your handicap. And I can, I mean, I have potential there. I've never, I've never uh, said that I wasn't capable of great golf, but you know, I just have the blow up holes and that day. I just happened to hit a lot of greens. And when you're hitting greens and you don't have to worry about the short game, uh, I can be pretty deadly out there. Well, nicely done. Um, so you, and I, I'll never forget Actually, I think it was hole number one. You were kind of the marshal, um, the starter that day, and I think yep. I just absolutely roped a bomb off. Crushed it, and you looked over. And Twenty-one. Twenty-one Jump Street was born. Um, so that was an amazing <laughs> round. Did the great Danny Stack um, was my opponent that day? Just ran into a buzzsaw. Um, it was unfortunate because he's a great guy. He's a good dude. Um, well, Jay. So people uh, that listen to this show may not necessarily. Uh, know a lot about you. Um, obviously, you come from a very famous family. Grandfather was a uh, U.S. senator, West Virginia. Your dad, legendary Cardinals broadcaster. You yourself uh, have had a long career uh, here in the broadcast industry in St. Louis. Um, so tell us about kind of where you grew up and kind of, uh, you know, wh- where your foundation for the love of golf came from. I, I grew up in Olivet, went to Ladue High. I went to Ladue grade school uh, the whole way through um public schools baby absolutely um and you know i I was very fortunate because of what my dad did to be around the game of golf at a fairly young age not that i wasn't around other sports and i played other sports and was decent at, at other sports but by the time i got to 10 or 11 i really had the feeling that uh, that golf was going to be my thing. And, and, uh, I, I devoted a lot of time to it, um, and, and really got into it and became a, a pretty good player. Uh, I got a scholarship to the university of South Carolina in Columbia. Gamecock. And, yes, sir. Uh, Hootie and the bees. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was, uh, it, I was very fortunate and, uh, learned a lot. And, and about the third year I was on the team, I kind of learned the coach and I were more buddies than a coach player relationship. I mean, we'd go drinking once in a while and different things. And he was an interesting cat that played the tour. 
I Who qualified for your coach. His name was Steve Liebler. Okay. He played the PGA Tour from about '84 to '85, and, and then was, took the was, job. How? Yeah, I was gonna say, how was South Carolina? I, mean, I would think that would be a pretty attractive job for a golf trip. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, it, it, it was. It was, and he was an alum. And my recruit, my recruiting year, um, we he had the number one junior player in the country, Brett Quigley, coming in. Um, and a young player from Columbia, South Carolina, that not that many people knew of, but he did because he was in Columbia, Robert Dargan. And we, we became a very strong team. But I had qualified for our biggest event in the fall, and we had a freshman that was a stud. But I had qualified ahead of him, and he made the decision to take the freshman to the big tournament instead of me. And he and I kind of had it out, and he looked at me and said, are you going to be a pro someday? And I said, I don't think so. He said, well, why don't you start working for the sports information department? We'll keep you on scholarship. And that's what I did my last year and a half at South Carolina and then just lucked out one day. I was getting ready to take a job uh, in, in South Carolina, uh, in Charleston. They were building a brand-new arena to bring uh, minor league hockey. Uh, with the hopes of maybe someday getting an NHL franchise uh, to Charleston. And I was going to be the events coordinator for this new building. That was kind of my major, sports administration, sports business. Well, about two months before I was supposed to take the job, my mom saw an ad in the paper for an all-sports station that was starting, KASP, a guy named Rich Gray, who had worked at CamelX for a long time. And uh, I went down there for a meeting for the promotions job and thought it went well. And we got done and Rich said, you're not going to get the promotions job. And I said, okay. He said, but Monday, I'd like you to go on with Mike Claiborne and Bob Ramsey. Wow. <laughs> and they were doing a show at that time. So I did a week test drive and the next thing I was no, I was hired. And then luckily Rich and I had the idea in, in March of 92 of starting Fairways and Greens. And that became a staple in the marketplace as golf built and, and Tiger came about the building boom of golf courses in St. Louis. So long run in sports radio. And then I got directly into the golf business uh, where I've worked at Gateway National, uh, have worked at Normandy, and now I uh, am the general manager at Sullivan Golf Course. Sullivan Golf Course is a great track. I've actually been out there a number of times. Uh, the great Dave Schatz. Do you see him uh, around those parts? Yes, sir. Yeah, Senator Senator Dave Schatz. Senator. Uh, he's been on the show. He's running for the U.S. Senate now. Um, yep. It's a nice little track. Uh, you guys do. I mean, it's, it's sneaky. It's, yeah, it's it's. I enjoy playing it. I've played scrambles and I've played regular rounds out there, and it's always always a lot of fun. So be sure to check out. What's the website for Sullivan Golf Course? Just go to Sullivan-Golf.com. You can check us out on Facebook. Very affordable. Uh, it's just, you know, it, it's, I don't want to say country golf because I think there's a bad notion to that. Or uh, it, it's, it's just a fun golf course that everybody can play on the right set of tees and it gets in better shape every week. Perfect. And you also, you also offer accommodations at your house for weekend outings. Is that correct? For all the No, unless they're, unless, they're, unless they're real special. <laughs> Unless they got real nice feet, right? Yeah, that would, be a, that would be a prerequisite. Um, well, I've enjoyed getting to know you. I mean, going out to Gateway is always. Uh, I love Gateway. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. I play there probably more than anywhere. It's super convenient. 
Um, so where did you grow up playing then? What was your... I grew up at Glen Echo. I grew up at Glen Echo Country Club. Um, I was a country club brat. I, I, I won't deny it. Uh, spoiled as a child. Um, and, and, you know, it, it, it's an old school golf course, as you know, and you got to hit a lot of different shots. And it helped me with shot making. Um, you know, the, the problem for me sometimes was when I would go play in some of the national AJGA stuff, you know, Glen Echo plays at 6,500 maxed out. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and these places were playing at 6,800, 6,900. So it was a little different, but it was a great place to grow up. Uh, Made a lot of great friends and a special place. Well, a host of the 1904 Olympic Games, uh, which is amazing. I do get to play out there quite a bit. Uh, with my MAC membership, you also yeah. uh, can use the reciprocity there. And a lot of people are actually dual members, which is a great program. And I, I think that course is uh, second to none. I mean, as far as it's always in really good shape, the greens uh, challenging, but, you know, roll pretty true. So I, I And it's a fun golf course. You know, you got to sure. mix the short holes and, and you, you got to mix a longer par fives. I mean, longer par fours. You know, you, you got a, you got a 240 yard par uh par four, four it's tough you, you know it's and, not, and you, and it's you not got a 230 yard and, and you got damn near a 240 yard par three on 11 right, <laughs> right no i always think about that par four i mean i'm always you're always tempted to hit three wood and try to go on but like you're so much better sure. off just hitting 150 100 and ah that's no fun i know but there's just so much so much danger. Uh, There's trying, trouble trying to go. As, and 21 Jump Street needs to just play conservative golf, and I think that 21 <laughs> could come down pretty significantly. Oh, Smash did want me to ask you. I forgot. So he wanted, uh, as, as you know, he was the program <laughs> program manager. Uh, I believe that was his title at uh, the Woman and the Man. I don't remember which one he was, but he wanted me to ask you what you thought of him as a manager and as a, a, a boss, because he assumed you would only smash. I mean, for people that don't know him or have never gotten to work with him, which I've gotten to work with him on the air and off the air, smash is unbelievable. Uh, he's, he's just a unique individual. The things that he's seen, he's got zero ego, which in this business is about as rare as you come, and he's just a he's a fascinating guy, and uh, I'm always happy to be around him. Now he's he's the best, and he wishes he could be here. He had an appointment he couldn't uh, he couldn't miss today. Um, so he had he had some hilarious things to say about Iggy, which I'll leave I'll leave out. Oh God, leave out on the broadcast. Well, that, that should be a, that's another show. I know I've tried to get Iggy to come on, kind of a scandals and animals format, like Kramer on Seinfeld <laughs> to try to. To spark a confrontation between Smash and Iggy, and Iggy won't do it. So I'm hoping one day um, he'll actually do it. But uh, one of the reasons I want to have you on, I'm so grateful for you being here, is to talk about, let's see if I can pull this off here, is to talk about the Masters. Do you hear that, Jay? The music playing in the background? I do not hear it, but I always hear it. When <laughs> if, if you when you just say the Masters music, I, I hear it. Well, I mean, it's playing. It's, you can't hear it. But yeah. I want to get your take, because I, I can't remember a masters uh, of this much anticipation with tiger in the, you know, presumably in the field, you've got probably the greatest crop of young talent that the PGA tour has ever seen in terms of guys that are 
under 30 and that could compete in an event like this. So uh, what are you looking forward to this weekend and who do you see as the favorites? I, I, you, you said it. I, I, there's never been a, since I've been following the game, which is probably dating back to about 1982, really. Um, I don't know that there's a more anticipated round of golf or golf tournament. Um, and, and you said it so right. The Tiger Factor and then this incredible number of world-class players that could win this golf tournament on this canvas, this incredible spot, Augusta National. I mean, it, it sets up as it, it, it could be epic. You, you hope for it to live up to the hype. Um, I have said this for the last three years. Every year, my pick is going to be John Rahm until he wins one. <laughs> yep. And he and he will win one. I don't know if it'll be this year. I don't think he's playing as well as he would like to be playing or as I would like him to be playing going in. But you know what? I don't think it makes that big a difference because it's Rahm and it's Augusta and, uh, you know, he'll he'll be ready or as ready as he can be. I also really enjoyed watching Cam Smith tie for second two years ago uh, in his debut. I know the golf course was a little different because of the timing, but Cam Smith is legit. Um, and, and, I mean, you know, that's not stepping out of any boundaries, picking those two guys. I mean, they're two of the favorites for sure. And I think one of the two, if not both, will be in the hunt on Sunday. Yeah, and that's what I hope for is just, you know, have five or six guys in contention come Sunday. If one sure. of them happens to be Tiger Woods, I mean, I can't oh even imagine what that would look like. You got Justin Thomas, who oh. seems to be poised. I love Scotty Scheffler. Obviously, he's the number one player in the world. Um, but that guy, I mean, going back to, was it U.S. Open, maybe? The one that Morikawa won, where he yep. was right there. I mean, the guy is just, he seems, I mean, just cool as a cucumber. And now that he's got these wins under his belt, he seems poised to, you know, I could definitely see well, him winning. I don't think there's any doubt when when you look at the way he handles himself, the way he handles his emotions. Um, and, and, you know, a guy that's going way under the radar because he hadn't played that well. But if you think about it, look at Colin Morikawa. Mm-hmm. His, his first year uh, in, in his first attempt, he wins a major and then he wins the British. Um, you know, he's won one major the last two years. Uh, wouldn't it be something if he got three legs of the grand slam in three seasons? It'd be unbelievable. I mean, and you got Rory. If so, I mean, you got Rory as an X factor. I mean, you almost feel like Tiger's going to play as well as Rory, if not better. I mean, you don't know. Right. Kepka, you know, Kepka, you see signs of good things and then you don't. DJ, obviously, uh, can, can, I mean, if he's right, he can win by five. I mean, we could go on and on and on. Well, even guys uh, like, I mean, Matsuyama won it last year. Nobody's even really talking about him. I think he's had some, right. some neck, neck issues, but it really could be like, I mean, I look at the, the field and there could legitimately be 15 or 20 guys that you could argue. Not, oh, I think you could favorites. go almost to 30. I mean, it's, yeah. it's gotten that crazy where, you used to talk about four or five guys that could win the major, and, and, you know, and usually three of them would be in the top ten. Right. It's just 
it's just changed so much, Mark. The the talent, the talent that keeps coming, the fact that we've got nine first-time winners in basically just about 33% of the season, it's stunning. And, and they're coming behind these guys, too. Right, and then you just factor in just the the majesty of Augusta. I've only I've been there one time. I was fortunate. Uh, my brother won the lottery in eighteen, and I was fortunate that he invited me to go and nice. uh, for a practice round. So I got to load up on my autographs. Jay, I was the I was yep. the I was the thirty uh, thirty three year old standing there at the line getting autographs. What was what was what was the thing that surprised you the most? Oh well, I think the thing that I enjoyed the most were the bathrooms. Having the, mm-hmm. permanent, the permanent facilities and someone wiping down the toilet seat after every use was truly right. incredible. <laughs> after a long day walking around, hard to believe. You, needed to, you know, you needed to relieve yourself. It was pretty, uh, pretty incredible. Um, so that that took me back. Just the permanency of the fact that they have this event and they've got the permanent, you know, the the uh, the shop. You know, you walk in there and it's like. Just, I mean, it's like you're shopping at, um, you know, Beverly Hills. Disney World. Road to the Drive. <laughs> I mean, it's just incredible. And just the grass, how fake it how looks. How it is. Yeah, it just yep. it doesn't look real. Um, the hills, I, I would have never expected the right. terrain to be what it is. I mean, you think about when you're up on, up on one where 18 and 9, you know, kind of that top area there, and then think about how low – Amen corner is and how far away it is from where you're standing there is pretty, pretty remarkable. Yeah. It, uh, that's, I think that's what stands out to most about the golf course proper is the elevation changes and, and the hilliness of it. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I think, I think it's going to be a fascinating tournament. Um, you know, I think you might see some guys get off to good starts. Then they're talking about a little weather change in terms of temperatures being a little lower on the weekend. This golf course is really affected by temperature mm-hmm. uh, because, it, you know, it, it, it first it affects you, the player. It, it, it doesn't allow you maybe to do as much as you'd like to do, and it affects the ball and the bounces. So I, I think it's just setting up to be, uh, you know, I mean, I, 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 I can't wait. <laughs> well, another thing that stood out to me is just how unassuming, you know, getting there is just, I mean, you feel like yeah. you're almost driving down 159 in Fairview Heights, you know, passing by the shutdown yeah. smoky bones, the Chick-fil-A, and then all of a sudden you make a right <laughs> turn and you're at Augusta. I mean, and there you are. I mean, seriously, that, that stood out and seeing the Hooters with John Daly and his, JD. Uh, his RV. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it really is a unique experience. Unfortunately, we stayed at a super eight uh, right there on the edge of town. And it was probably the most disgusting hotel I've ever stayed at and uh you know because they can get by with it on masters weekend we were just lucky to, lucky to get i was telling i was telling somebody today uh 2006 we stayed at like a motel six or something okay i mean like you know a day's in i mean it, one of those uh up, up and and the week before on wednesday night the room was 49.99 that night it was two oh the following Wednesday it was two oh nine. It's crazy. It really yeah, is crazy. Um and I think we st- we flew into Atlanta and drove, which is a little I mean, being where you went to school, I mean a lot of people will fly into Columbia, I guess, if you can get a yeah, out there and, and drive. A lot of people stay in Columbia. Right. I remember so I used to go to when I was at the DOJ, uh, they had a facility there. I mean, it was like the most unbelievable place on campus. 
It was uh, the National Advocacy Center. I don't know if you ever remember seeing this. It was where they trained DOJ attorneys around the country would yep. fly into Charleston, or uh, not Charleston, to Columbia. Columbia. I always joked it was like the greatest boondoggle that Strom Thurmond ever got for the state of South Carolina because you had all these people, federal attorneys throughout the country, would come to this place. You'd get fed like buffet meals. I, I kept waiting for like a 60 minutes, ex, you know, me in line at the breakfast buffet loading up on like biscuits and gravy the government bureaucrat just we called it uh we called it club fed because it was like nice. it's just like you know you're in a beautiful setting we'd go out to the bars on campus there at uh hooting the blow Five this point. way yeah oh yep. yeah yeah and the uh the one road is named after hootie they got a little statue there i was yep. in heaven i was in heaven um all right so last thing i want to talk to you about if you got time is uh, yeah. Bob Golby, because I know you knew Bob very well. Um, you know, we were actually there in 2018 at the Masters, and that was the 50th anniversary of him That's winning. Win. Uh, yeah, him winning the Masters. Tell us about you know your relationship with him, kind of what he meant to you, and in, in just the game of golf in the St. Louis area. I was lucky last night to be invited to the Missouri Athletic Club for their golf, uh, you know, golf night uh, to talk about Bob. Bob was so good to me. Um, you know, he and my dad were really good friends. They worked at NBC for 14 years. I think people don't realize how underrated as a golf personality Bob Golby was. I mean, you start with obviously the Masters and, and winning a major championship. And, and what became tough for Bob was the fact that, you know, the DiVincenzo scorecard and people questioned it. Bob never walked around and said, hey, sucker, I shot 66 in the final round. I might have beat him in the first playoff hole. You know, Bob was very low-key about it, and it, it, it bothered Bob a little bit for a number of years. Um, but then Bob, you know, he also won 14 times worldwide. Uh, that's a big number. Um, then Bob did 14 years of really good television golf coverage for NBC. And right at the tail end of that time, Bob was one of the three or four um, most important people and one of the four founders, really, of the Champions Tour, mm. um, which, which became a lot of guys' mulligan in life financially. Um, you know, a storied career, his effect on Jerry and Jay Haas, um, his son Kai, who's in the golf industry, uh, I flew on a flight when I was 13 years old to Palm Springs uh, with Bob Golby. My dad was already in Palm Springs and Bob and I got to sit in first class and Bob got into the vino a little. He had some red wine <laughs> and he was telling me tourist. I mean, as a 13 year old kid, I'm sitting next to a 68 masters champion and a guy I revere. And he's telling me stories about this. And then he kind of looked over at me for a moment. He said, you a confident player or a cocky player? I said, I don't know. He said, be confident, not cocky. Confident beats cocky anytime. And he just, you know, little things he'd say along the way to me over the years. And anytime I needed a favor, you know, I mean, I could ask it. I didn't have to go through senior. That's how good Bob was. He was a treasure for Belleville. And I'm glad you asked me about him because, um, He's he's one one of my favorite people. Yeah, and uh, I know that you know the Haas family as well. Just I mean, Belleville legends. When you think about professional golf and just professional sports in general, 
Um, I remember Jerry Haas was the golf pro at Yorktown when I was growing up and went on to coach at Wake Forest. And He's still uh, there at Wake. It, 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 yeah, he's still at Wake Forest. But I'm saying, like, it was crazy as a kid. I remember Jerry was there giving lessons. At Yorktown. Yeah. And then he went on to coach Wake Forest where Bill – Bill Haas um, yep. went to, and Bill couldn't be a nicer. I mean, he's just super nice guy. I actually was a whole marshal at the 20, I don't know, 2013 AT&T national out in uh, congressional when I lived out there yeah. and we had a rain delay and I'm not kidding. They put all the, I mean, it was a really bad storm and they let all the people, a lot of the volunteers were just inside the clubhouse with the players. And I got talking to Bill, told him I was from Belleville and I just couldn't have been nicer. Um, yeah, so. that, that's the whole, that's the theme with all of them. I mean, people used to say that J- Jay Haas is the nicest guy on tour. I said, well, you never met Jerry. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it's, they're just unique people. And, and, and a lot of that foundation for all of them was the kindness that Bob had. Bob could, let me tell you, you cross Bob or you want to match with Bob, let's go get after it. I mean, Bob was an athlete. He, he was a, he, he was assigned to be a quarterback at the University of Illinois. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a guy that when he was young used to jump over the fence at St. Clair to go out because he wanted to find out more about it. Then he became a caddy out there. Just uh, and, and one thing that a lot of people don't realize, Mark, is really the last 10 years of Sam Snead's life, Bob was his best friend. Mm. Wow. Amazing. And that's an interesting guy to be best friends with. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> and Bob never forgot who he, you know where he came from. I mean, he's still. No. Um, yep. I, I've gotten to play at St. Clair quite a bit, also with the MAC reciprocity, and um, you know he'd be out there, um, you know, just being one of the guys. You know, never mind that he is a Masters champion and he's got his you know sta- a bronze bust of him. You know, at the first hole. I mean, he's just truly an incredible person. And like you said earlier, I don't feel like ever got the credit he was due for being a guy right. in the St. Louis area who won a masters, the, the scandal around that. I mean, to me, that had nothing to do with him. Who's to say he doesn't nope. win in a playoff rules are rules. Um, and he just, I don't know. I don't feel like we appreciated him enough. Um, he birdied, been- he birdied 13, 14 Eagle 15, that final round. I mean, you know, coming, he, he, it, it was tough on Bob, uh, because like you said, I don't think he never he, he never felt like he got the recognition. He got over that um, and, and put it aside. But a but a super gentleman and good to think about him this Masters week, my friend. Absolutely. Well, Jay, we appreciate you joining us here on the Mark Milton Show, broadcasting from the Miller Furniture Studios, presented by STLTaxLawyer.com. Remember, Miller Furniture with three locations now, Jay, and Belleville, of course, the original store, uh, and also Lake St. Louis and Ellisville. Jay, did you know that the uh, one of the prior owners, uh, Les Miller, uh, so they're longtime family friends of mine, pitched for the Detroit Tigers in the World Series 1945. Your dad probably would know this. Now uh, you're it, talking about Mark, right? Well, Mark Miller, you know Mark, right? Yeah. He played baseball a long Mark. time. So his yep. grandfather was Les Miller, uh, pitched for the Detroit Tigers, and has the record, uh, which will never be broken in the MLB history, of pitching 18 and a third innings as a starting pitcher. Yeah, that won't, you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> so it's an amazing record. Great people, great furniture. Uh, check them out at MillerFurniture.com, M-U-E-L-L-E-R Furniture.com. Jay, really appreciate you joining us uh, this week here on the Mark Milton Show. Can't wait for the Masters. Uh, maybe we'll have to get out, play some golf here soon. I'll show you that uh, 21 Jump Street. 
let me just tell your listeners, if they have any tax problems, any tax needs, this is my guy. Make him your guy. I mean, unless it's your brother-in-law or somebody, you got to be. Good. But but this is this is the guy you want you want behind you, my man, Mark Milton. Thanks, Thank you, Milton. Jay. Appreciate it. Take it easy. All right, you're listening to the Mark Milton Show with the Smash Broadcasting from the Miller Furniture Studios. We appreciate you joining us this week. Be sure to check us out anytime on Apple iTunes. You can subscribe to the podcast, give us a rating. You can also find us on YouTube as well as any other podcast network. We'll be back next week with our final episode before the end of tax season. Smash will be back joining us. Hopefully, Sally will be here as well. Appreciate you listening. We are out.